listening to the Miracle Word Podcast. We believe that the Word of God gives you the power to experience never-ending increase in every area. If you're ready for revelation that will take you to the next level, you're in the right place. Here's your host, evangelist, author, and founder of Miracle Word University, Ted Shuttlesworth, Jr. I had a great question last night. Uh, One of the students came up to me at the altar and was like, quick question for you. Um, How do you, in a short period of time, expand your spirit, man? How do you, in a short period of time, go deeper? You know, one of the things I was preaching the other night was from 2 Samuel 6, how in just three months, God blessed Obed-Edom and his entire household because he kept the Ark of the Covenant which for three you, months. Which you all need to go back if you hadn't watched that broadcast. Yeah, go watch it. If you didn't it. see that service, that was a powerful word. Yeah, man, I, thank you. Indeed. I mean, it was, I, I felt that. And I, that's what we're believing for the next three months. Amen. October, November, December. And so he said, based on that, you know, he said, I started thinking about it. And I want to increase in God quickly. I want to increase my spirit, man, quickly. And so the question that was posed last night how do you expand your knowledge of God, expand your spirit, man, expand that supernatural aspect of your life quickly? And um, that's what we want to take today's broadcast to talk about. How can you strengthen your spirit, man, quickly? How can you strengthen your supernatural life quickly and not have to wait 20 years, uh, you know, to become mature in the faith or, you know, that kind of stuff. So we want to deal with that. And one of the things that, um, of course, we know Bible, what we call Christian disciplines, right? We pray on a daily basis. You know, we take times throughout the year to fast. You just did a 21-day fast. I just ruined your blessing because I told everybody you did it. No, no but now I'm, I'm on a 10-day feast. Right. <laughs> now I got to go back and do a 21-day fast again. It's a feasting but and fasting cycle. We, we have prayer. I mean, we should be praying on a daily basis, no question. Um, Fasting throughout the year, different times of the year. Seeing the effects of it. Um, No question we should be givers. All these things, we call them Christian disciplines. Walking in the fruit of the Spirit, you know, loving people, all those things. But when the question was posed last night, how can I quickly expand my spirit, man? How can I expand my knowledge of God and the things of God? Here was my simple answer. Read more of the Bible. Read more of the Bible on a daily basis. In this broadcast today, Pastor Brian and I, we're going to talk to you about the different supernatural benefits that take place when you are ingesting the Word of God on a daily basis. There are, it's not just one thing, there are many things that it does for you as a Christian when you take in God's Word. One thing that's important to remember, anything that can be known about God the only things that can be known about him are found in his word. That's it. That's that, it. That's a very biblical question, too, that yeah. he, he did ask. And he actually, that's the birthplace. If, if you're going to strengthen your inner man, you've got to identify where you are in your, in, your, in your spirit. Yep. You know, how strong is your spirit? Listen, listen to Third John. Uh, the Apostle Paul is just launching out right here. He says, uh, verse 1, says, this letter is from John, the elder I'm writing to Gaius, my dear friend, whom I love in the truth. Dear friend, I hope all is well with you and that you are healthy, that you are as healthy in body 
as you are strong in spirit. Mm-hmm. So there's a strength that you could have to your spirit, but just like physical workout and the you know and that the physical training profits some, but you know a spirit will profit the all. Your, your, it'll profit everything for you in life. Exactly. But you can, and what do you do? If you're going to build your body up, you have to build it by, by, by discipline, by getting to the gym. It's, not, it's not a wish. Nope. It's not a, you can't pray yourself strong. That's right. You have to work yourself strong, and so you do that in the same way. No question. With your spirit, man. And that's the, that's the verse that Pastor Brian's quoting uh, and referencing there, First Timothy 4.8, where Paul writes to his son in the gospel and says, uh, while physical exercise profits a little, godliness is profitable unto all things, holding promise in not only in this life, but in the life to come. So, you know, it's people, people use that, that scripture, like, see, we don't have to work out. It only no, profits a little. No, 4-7 says you have to train yourself. Right. So training takes, takes time. Absolutely, it does. And so the key is, if you're comparing godliness to, like, physical exercise, of course they don't compare. But understand, godliness doesn't just affect your body like physical exercise does. It affects your body, affects your soul, it affects your mind, it affects your spirit, it affects your finances, it affects your relationships, it affects everything about your life. Godliness does. And everything that we can know about godliness is known from the Word of God. In fact, the Bible actually tells us uh, and I love this. This is one of my favorite scriptures in all the New Testament. Second Timothy three sixteen. This is key. And we, you know, we go here often. If those of you that watch, especially when we're dealing with the scripture, but listen to this. Um, Paul writes to Timothy: All scripture is given by inspiration of God and is profitable for doctrine, reproof, correction, for instruction in righteousness. That the man of God may be complete, thoroughly equipped for every good work. And so all scripture, not just the New Testament, not just the gospels. You know, I heard somebody say to me the other day, he's like, you know, we only really focus on the gospels because that's what Jesus said. That's what Jesus did. I was like, oh, really? You don't believe Jesus is the word made flesh and that all of the word of God came from the mouth of God? See, they didn't read Second 2 Timothy 3.16. All scripture is given by inspiration oh. of God. From Genesis, I heard one preacher say it this way. I believe the Bible's inspired so much. He said, I believe the Bible from Genesis to maps. <laughs> he, said, he, said, maps. I, he said, I didn't believe the maps are true. But in, yeah, in all reality. on the maps. Exactly. The key is this, as we're getting ready to get into this, there are supernatural benefits that come from ingesting daily the word. And listen, you've got to give yourself an ample amount of, of scripture. It'd be like if all you ever did was just a couple of snacks a day, your body would waste away. Your body would waste away. You can't have just a couple snacks a day and and hope to sustain yourself. You've got to eat. You've got to eat. If you're going to be sustained and be strong, the same for your spirit, man. If you want your spirit man to be strong, you got to feed it. You've got to feed it. Yeah, Matthew four, four right here. But Jesus told them, 
don't the scriptures say people do not live by bread alone, but by every word that comes from the mouth of God? There there's, it is. there's a food that you can get that isn't a physical food. That's right. But it's a spiritual food. That's exactly right. And so when when people uh, are building their bodies, th they eat they certain fuel. foods. That's right. Proteins, stuff that that builds the body up. Yep. And so just as, as, as you would your physical body, you build your spiritual body, yes. your spirit man up by eating the right foods. You've got to do it. And that is the word. I mean, as he said, now, now understand if you break this down, what Jesus is actually saying. Man shall not live by bread alone, but by every word. So what he was saying was, I'm not here for natural bread. I'm here for spiritual bread. Right. Because we know that the word of God is bread. What did Jesus say? I am the bread that has come down from heaven. So Jesus is the word made flesh. He said, I'm the bread that has come down from heaven. The word is supernatural bread. And so that's what Jesus is pointing out. I'm not here. He's fasting at this point. I'm not here for natural bread. I need spiritual bread right now. His fruit is to do the will of God. Right. And so the key becomes... If you're going to feed your spirit, it has to be the bread of life. Jesus said in John 6, 63, the words that I speak unto you, they are spirit and they are life. So when you eat that supernatural bread, it is spiritual life to your body. It is spiritual life to your body. And so it's something you got to eat on a daily basis. I love that Pastor Brian brought that point up because you understand that we're, we're actually feeding our spirit supernatural bread. Mm. And Jeremiah knew that. And he said to the Lord in yeah, Jeremiah 15, yeah, verse 16, he said, uh, Lord, I found your word and I did eat it. And it became unto me the joy and rejoicing of my soul. And so we've got to understand this from the very outset of this broadcast is we as believers are required to eat, to feast on, to ingest the word of God. Not once a week, every day, every day. I think remember F.F. Bosworth who wrote Christ the Healer, Methodist minister. He said, many Christians feed their bodies three hot meals a day and their spirit one cold snack a week My God. and wonder why they're weak in faith. The reason they're weak in faith is because faith comes by hearing the word. And so if you're going to focus more on your flesh than you, you do your spirit, your flesh will take over. How many, as a pastor, how many people have you seen that are led by their flesh? <laughs> a lot. Um, but you can tell those that, that, that know the word, uh, number one, they're happy. Yep. You know, uh, not, not everybody, uh, you, you could read the word, but not let the re word read you. It's good. You know, it just read, if you just read this as a common book, then you'll, you, it'll, it'll just be common. To Man, you. that's a good thought. I mean, think about that. You can read the word and not let the word read you. Right. That's the only book that, that if you read it right, it, it reads, reads you. you. Because what do they say in Proverbs? It's like a man beholding his face in a, in a mirror, in a, in a piece of glass. But then if you turn around, you forget what that looks like. Right. You know what I mean? It, we're, we're called to be doers of the word, not just hearers. So there's a, two, there's a transaction that takes place. And as you read it, if you let it read you, you'll be a doer of that right. word. Yeah, because what is it doing? Like, it, it's really interesting. If you've never heard this before, what a thought. The word of God is reading you, so it's literally analyzing you as oh. you're reading it. 
It's analyzing you. It's like if you've ever seen one of those movies where you're someone's coming into a room and the lasers go down their face. Yeah, to, I like that. You know, yeah. to like actually uh, identify who they are before uncommon they come in the substance, room. Uncommon substance. Right. <laughs> and so you come in. What is the word doing? Scanning you. Scans. It is the standard of your life. What does the Bible say in uh, Hebrews chapter 4 and verse 12? That the word of God is quick and powerful, sharper than any two-edged sword, piercing to the dividing asunder of soul and spirit. It's analyzing you. Every time you read it, you're comparing yourself to the standard. It's analyzing your actions. Good, bad. Yep. It's analyzing your thoughts. It's analyzing your life. That's good. And then what happens? On the other side of that, you have changes to make based on the fact that it just read you. You're not reading it, it's reading you also. Meaning, it's actually giving you action steps. All right, now that you've read that, you better go do that. That's right, it's a book of choices. <laughs> Absolutely. <laughs> it gives you choices. And what is, you know, we understand many people just choose not to obey the word. Deliberate rebellion. To go against God's word is to rebel against God's will. Right. God himself. God himself. Because he is the word. You know. In the beginning was the word. And the word was with God and the word was God. Saying no to the word is saying no to God. People, people take that seriously too. Sometimes, you know, it's hard to correct a brother. Just like it's like trying to wash a cat. You, you know. But the Bible says he who hates correction. Right. You know, is a fool. Is a fool. Is a fool. And so... Uh, a lot of times, if there's something that needs to be brought up, when the Spirit begins to speak to them, because mm-hmm. He does. Yep. But then I tell them, I said, hey, have, you, uh, have you been reading your Bible? Oh, no, you know what I mean? I have found it hard. Now, listen, you don't just have, you, if you have a hard time reading, they have listen the, the audio Bible. Now, right. you know, I love doing that. Right. Because faith comes by hearing and hearing of the word of God. You yep. know what I mean? So just having that plan in the car or in the background, even at night when you go to sleep. I mean, if my father did that. He would listen to the to the word all the time and it would build him up. I thought that was a great idea. Well, it is. And think about how much time we have that's wasted with just stuff that could we could be doing on things like driving. Uh, you know, cleaning the house, doing a walk, yeah, exercise, right. you know, all the different little things, folding laundry, whatever it might be, pop those earbuds in and let the word of God go into your spirit, man. While you're, lawn. I mean, what's the point of like listening to a morning show on the way to work? That's not going to build you up. It's not going to build your spirit, man. Listening to, you know, just music or the radio, pop those earbuds in and listen to preaching or teaching or listen to the word on audio. You're building your spirit, man. Yeah, and you're really, think about that. I've, I've done so much teaching on this because I, I, I'm huge on this. Not wasting time. Like, there's so much wasted time. I just did a vlog on this the other day. So much wasted time, we're just doing stuff that's mindless tasks, driving, folding laundry, mowing the lawn, whatever it might be. We could be, in, we could be pushing ourselves into another dimension by making use of that time that's why I did the, I think one of the first vlog episodes I did just last week, I think it's episode one. Those are cool. One or two where I was talking about, I said, you know, one of the things I see in the airport all the time, I see people that travel waste time. They're just because, oh, I'm traveling today. So they're just sitting around looking at their phone, playing a game, yeah, whatever. What, they turn waiting Dude, time into wasting time. That's exactly it. And I dealt with that. Don't let waiting time be wasted time. 
Let that be building time, you know? So if you're doing there, listen to the word. That's right. Listen to podcasts. Listen to preaching. Carry, listen to audio take books. Take a book with you. Yeah. Hear what God's saying. Read the word. Make notes, you know? Don't let waiting time. I told him, you know what you ought to have? Have your prayer points on your phone. Have your audio books. Have your podcasts. Have the, you know, Miracle Word Radio. Whatever. Don't let waiting time be wasted time. That's excellent. But You yeah. see that happen a lot? Oh, Yeah. What, waiting time? People don't prioritize their no, time. No, never. Look, at, look, next time you take a flight, look around, see who's doing what. So most people are just sitting there watching, you know. Movie, this, a TV show. The reruns from, you know, last week's broadcast. Right. What's the point of looking at yesterday? Right. You know what I mean? If it's not yours. <laughs> right. And they don't do anything. But then you see some people, they get books. Yep, they're going after it. I, I see people working on the plane. Yep. You know, got, the, got their laptop out, doing their spreadsheets. And, yeah, you know what I mean? Thing. Doing their emails. And then as soon as they hit the ground, they go out. Right. Well, now they got Wi-Fi on the planes. Yeah. You, know, you, do whatever, you can do whatever you do. That's like your little mobile office. You know what I do is I prepare myself because I want those times to be times that I'm receiving deposits, impartations. So I, if I have to think of it ahead of time, what will I do? I, I subscribe. I buy YouTube premium because I like to be able to download YouTube videos to my device. I'll go through on my bed before I go to the airport. I'll be scrolling through. I'll find like 10, 15 videos that I know I need to ingest. I'll download them to the iPad. As soon as I hit the airplane, boom, I'm learning. Right. I'm receiving whatever. It, it doesn't matter if I have Wi-Fi or not because I've got them downloaded. Do the same. You know, whatever you got to do. If it's an audio book, a podcast, a broadcast, Miracle Word Radio. Just get it in, and then you're actually using your time to build your spirit, man. You know, there's so much. I think to myself, man, just imagine if we would properly use all of the extra time that we had. Imagine what we'd look like. You know what I'm saying? You know, I'm, th- I'm thinking about what, what you, your dad, Jonathan, I mean, you guys travel all over the place. Imagine you don't have extra time. Right, you have to make extra time. It, 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 so you have to maximize every moment that totally. you have. Yep. You know, I'm like, don't you just want to relax? He's like, nope. <laughs> yeah, no, I don't. <laughs> you don't have any time to relax. Yeah, I don't. I mean, my, my relaxation. I mean, other than a rest, a vacation or a break. Right, you know? but in the day-to-day, I mean, I, I get good sleep. But when I'm up, it's like you got to make the most. I love the, what the Bible says. Uh, make the most of every opportunity in these evil days. That's right. You know, so we five, are ma- we're doing that. Ephesians five. Ephesians five. Ephesians five fifteen. And we're, we're ma- that's what we're doing. You know, you got to realize the urgency of how short time is. Jesus is coming. You are honing yourself by the Holy Spirit to be a sharp blade to do what you're called to do in these final moments of time. You're always building. I want you to put this in the comments section. Um, put it. Put it. Put it in the comments like this. I should always be building my spirit man. Put it just like that. I should always be building my spirit man. See, the spirit man has to grow. It's perfected in salvation, but you're maturing in the faith. Your faith's not perfected. You're maturing in faith. You're growing in faith, growing in wisdom. Yeah. So I got a perfect illustration. This last 21 days of prayer and fasting. Mm -hmm. Um, I lost muscle, some of the muscle tone that I sure had, you, do. you know yep. what I mean? Because my body was, 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 was processing what it had. And, you know, I couldn't work out during the, the fast because it was just, I didn't have the energy to do that. Mm-hmm. But, you know, 
I, I feel the effects physically from the fast because of not exercising, mm-hmm. but I felt the effects of the fast spiritually because my spirit man was being strengthened. Totally. And so, um, I mean, we had, uh, you know, our prayer and fasting nights on Tuesday nights. It just went to another level. Wow. 128 people. So that anointing was. That's a phenomenal crowd for prayer service. Oh, it was was incredible. The atmosphere was just electric. You could feel it walking into the, Mm -hmm. just how strong in spirit we are right now at Crossroads Community Church. I mean, wow. look, look at the revival services. I know it. They're just taking off people. And I mean, your dad was blowing last yeah, night. Yeah, it was great. And so just, but he had fasted all day. Yep. He had built his spirit man up because he knew what God wanted to pour out. Right. And so it, he wouldn't have been able to uh, go as long and release as many uh, words that he had, you know. But uh, he was prepared and he had built himself up. And so like a marathon, a boxer, a fighter, apostle, Paul, this, all those things like yep. that. But you can feel the effects when you get weak. Right. Just as much if I felt it physically with mm-hmm. my muscle tone. Imagine what kind of spiritual muscles you're losing when you don't feed your spirit, man. No question. How weak you get. And then you wonder why you're falling into lust, why you're falling into temptation, mm-hmm. why you're sliding backwards, why you're falling, and why, you know, if things aren't going right, it's because you're not doing things right. And that's what Jesus said, really, if you think about it. Matthew 26, uh, verses 40 and 41, he said, in verse 40, he questions and says to the disciples, could you not tarry with me for one hour of prayer? Then he says in verse 41, watch and pray that you may not enter into temptation for the spirit is willing, but the flesh is weak. And so what he's saying is if you don't build your spirit, man, and let it lead your life, you will enter into temptation. Like you're saying, you will lose the battles. And so the word of God, and I was telling that, that young man last night, I said, man, that's a great question. How to expand your spirit, man, quickly. And the key is that you've got to ingest the word. So let me, let me get into a, a couple of these because there's so many benefits that come out of ingesting the word on a daily basis. We just covered uh, one of those thoughts. And that is, uh, Pastor Brian read Matthew 4, 4, where Jesus said, man shall not live by uh, bread alone, but by every word that proceeds from the mouth of God. So the first thing I want you to write, the number one benefit is that the word of God imparts to you spiritual life, spiritual life, that life of God. Uh, Jesus said in John 6, 63, I quoted it earlier. The words that I give unto you, speak unto you, they are spirit, they are life. So the word of God, when it comes to you, I love you, Tony. The word of God, when it comes to you, becomes spiritual life into your spirit, man. When you read God's word, it's alive, the Bible says. Hebrews 4.12, the word of God is quick, powerful, sharper than any two-edged sword. So understand, it is imparting to you spiritual life. Every time you read it, you're not reading a dead book or something from antiquity. You're reading the living, breathing word of the almighty God. When it goes into your spirit, it's imparting to you. Think of this. Can I use your Bible for a second? Imagine this. Instead of thinking of this as a book, imagine this as a container that as you are reading, it's almost like you're opening up your spiritual mouth and just pouring 
you know, like pouring into yourself spiritual life and virtue. I'm drinking this. I'm eating this. It's spiritual life and is quickening me and going into my body and affecting all three parts of my being. I read this sometimes. I can't even sit still. Yeah. I mean, I can just feel the strength to shoot into my body. You Absolutely. get a word and it just, it's, it's, it's a word in season and it's an answer to a problem or, or God, you know, God's touched an area that you've been having troubles with. I mean, it, it just electrifies you. It does. And I can feel even, and, and it produces a strength, not only in my spirit, man, but then it hits my physical, It's your man. physical, man. And so, you know, it's, you know why? Because as, as Jeremiah said, and this is number two, if you're writing it in, number one, it brings life to your spirit, man, or spiritual life to your body. But number two, it's actually something that will affect your soul. So it affects your uh, spirit first, but then it affects your soul. What did Jeremiah say? Jeremiah 15, 16, I ate your words. They became unto me the joy and rejoicing Bam. of my soul. My so number two the number two benefit of ingesting the word daily, it imparts supernatural joy to your soul. So what does that do? Your spirit man's already affected because it's spiritual life, but now your soul is being, re- my mind's renewed, joy's imparted to my soul. And so now, what did we talk about yesterday? The joy becomes your strength. So now I'm operating in an emotional strength. There's a book that came out, Emotional Intelligence 2.0 teaching people how to, how to operate with emotional strength, emotional intelligence. But this is what the word does. It imparts joy to you. And now my emotions are not fleshly. I've set my mind on things above. And they're not all over the place. Right. You, you can tell who's been in their word. That's right. I mean, I pastor hundreds of people here. You can tell who's yep. in the word. No question. You know, they're, they're victorious. They're happy. You know what I mean? They're, they're, they're alert. Their, their mental awareness is at another level. You know, their capacity to uh, receive their, you know, and then you can also tell uh, because of what, there's an overflow that's been, that's happening because of that word on the circles around them. So not only you can tell that they've, they've been in the word, but that word that's in them is now affecting other people. You better believe it. So it's, it's amazing to me because as he's saying, it, it touches every aspect and then makes you effective. So your, your, your spirit man, number one, is built up, imparts spiritual strength to you. Number two, your soul is affected because it's joy and rejoicing to your soul, as Jeremiah said. By the way, that reference again, Jeremiah 15, 16. I found your words, I did eat them. They became unto me the joy and rejoicing of my soul. So it imparts supernatural joy to you. Then check this out. The third level, it affects your spirit, your soul, and then the word affects your physical body, as you're saying. And this is something that we see in the book of Proverbs, chapter four. Let me read you verses 20 through 22. Listen to this. Bible says, my son, be attentive to my words. Incline your ear to my sayings. Let them not escape from your sight. Keep them within your heart for they are life to those who find them and healing to all their flesh. Oh, glory to God. Wow. You see that healing to all their flesh. So now we see that the word of God's affecting us in every one of our three part being hits our spirit, 
then it hits our soul, then it hits our flesh. So the word of God actually produces healing in your body, strength, life in your physical man. I want you to see this. As you read this word, it is literal healing virtue that's just going into your flesh, touching the organs of your body, touching your bones, touching your muscles, touching your skin, touching your blood. You know what Jesus did? The centurion servant knew the secret. What did he say? Just speak the word only and my servant will be healed. Jesus said, man, I've not seen faith like this in all of Israel. You understand about the healing power of the word. Jesus didn't have to travel. He just spoke a word. That word carried healing virtue, went into the servant's body. (laughs) Same thing. This is as much the word as what came out of Jesus' mouth. This is God's, out of God's mouth. When we read it, when we confess it, it goes into our body. Cancer cells have to die when this word touches them. Type 2 diabetes has to leave. Your pancreas has to be healed. Your blood cells have to receive insulin properly when this word gets into your body. That sword will touch your bone and marrow. That's right. That's what the Bible That's says. In Hebrews the marrow's inside the bone. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> what does it say? Piercing, dividing asunder of soul and spirit. But it's, it actually says bone and marrow. Bone and then bone and marrow, yeah. Joints. I mean, literally, the, the word of God is flowing through your body. It's flowing through your body. You know, Jesus was, this is a picture. This is a a, a visual, by the way, of what we're talking about. Here's a woman who had battled in her physical body, spent all the money she had on doctors and nurses, couldn't get any better, got worse. She had a hemorrhaging. She had internal bleeding. She goes up, presses through the crowd in Mark chapter five to touch the hem of his garment. Who is she touching? The word. She's touching the word made flesh. That's it. When she touched the word and the word touched her. He is the word. Virtue flowed out of him, the word, and went into her physical body. Oh, hallelujah. When you touch the word, you can pull virtue out of the word and into your physical body. You don't even have to wait on somebody to lay hands on you. I'm thinking of Joel Osteen's mother. That's how she got healed. Just put the word on tape in her room. Everywhere. Yep. And literally it went into her body and killed cancer. You can pull virtue right out of the word of God into your physical body. It affects your three-part being. That Hebrews 4 really lays that whole thing out too. And it, read it. It, it talks about your soul. Your, yeah, your, read the whole thing. 4.12. Hebrews 4.12. If you're, if you're going with us, go to that passage of scripture. Hebrews chapter 4 and verse number 12. It, it breaks down literally every aspect of what the word of God can do and does. 12th verse. Yep, it says, for the word of God is alive and powerful. Yes. Powerful. It is sharper than the sharpest two-edged sword, cutting between soul and spirit, between joint and marrow. It exposes our innermost thoughts and desires. Nothing in all creation is hidden from God. Everything is naked and exposed before his eyes. And he is the one to whom we are accountable. There you go. And again, the word's analyzing you. It's that, reading you. That is so powerful. Yeah, no doubt. But I, I love how you, you know, you're, you're, you're talking that, you know, 
as we read the Word of God, it builds us up not only in our spirit, but it builds up our soul mm -hmm. and it builds up our body. Physical body. Physical body. Every aspect. Now let's go, go further than that. The Word of God will actually touch your finances. Listen to what God spoke to Joshua as he just took over leadership from Moses in the Old Testament, Joshua chapter one and verse eight, listen to this. This book of the law, by the way, that's all the word that they had at the time. There was no shall New Testament. Just the book of the law is what they had. This book of the law shall not depart from your mouth, your mouth. You know what that means? It's not just in your heart, it's in your mouth. You're speaking it, you're saying it, you're saying it. I don't speak what I see in the world, I speak what I see in the word. I don't, and I want you to write that in the comments. That's I don't good. speak what I see in the world. That's so good. I speak what I see in the word. That's the difference. That's how we overcome. Oh yeah. I don't speak what I see in the world. I speak what I see in the word. And that brings me into victory. And so here it is. He said, this book of the law shall not depart from your mouth, but you shall meditate on it day and night. Why? So that you may be careful to do according to all that's written in it. Now look at this. For then you will make your way prosperous and you will have good success. So number four, the word of God touches my finances, touches my, my economic life. If I obey the word, if I speak the word, just like Joshua, I'll make my way prosperous. I'll have good success. You know, if I obey the principles of God's word, even the practical principles, a fool spends all that he has. The Bible says that. So I know if I don't want to be a fool, I don't spend all I have. I have something in savings. Consider the ant, thou sluggard. You know, you go through it. All of these principles are word principles. They're Bible principles. What else? The Bible says that there are people that ask and they don't receive because they ask in order to consume it on their own lusts or passions. They collect things, it's like putting it in a bag with holes. I know a lot of people like that. I know a lot of people like that. If you go through just scriptural principles, don't put up, uh, don't basically put up uh, or, or secure a, a debt, a stranger's debt, the Bible says in Proverbs. Yeah. I'm not gonna co-sign on a car for a dude I don't know. Nope. Bible, that's a principle. Right. I knew people that did that and lost their shirt because they didn't, well, it's my daughter's boyfriend. Yeah, paying gonna, on it, they're yeah. gone. They're gone. They took the car. And then he's paying the payments. He's paying the payments. Buddy, that's a just biblical principle. His, his credit. If you just obey the word, the word of God will touch your finances. It's a supernatural substance. And he said to Joshua, listen, you'll make your way prosperous just by meditating on and confessing the word. Studying the word yeah. is going to end in success. No question about it. Study the word. Obey success. the word. You, you can't obey a word you don't know. That's what Pastor Brian's saying. You can't obey a word you don't know. If you don't read it, how do you know the commands that are in it? How do you know the leading, the instruction that's in the word if you don't read the word? And see, that's, I love that. Brother Kenneth Copeland said early on in his life, he and Gloria said, you know what? We're just going to make this choice now. Whatever we see in the Bible... I don't care what position we're in, we're obeying it. Obey it. We're obeying it. He, and, and she wrote this, and it was in her book, God's Will for You is Prosperity. She said, you know, we read that verse. You'll lend to many nations, and you'll never borrow. Nations. 
You know what they said? <laughs> From that point forward, we decided it's not God's will for us to ever borrow. We'll never take out a loan for anything. That's national success. Can you imagine that? Yeah. Can you imagine the faith it takes? Yeah. They drove around an old station wagon, never had a home. Because the only way we're going to have a home is we pay cash for it. Because we, we only lend, we don't borrow. That's what God's people do. So they actually had the faith to say, if we see it in the word, we're doing it. And we don't care what position we're in. Never took a loan out for anything in their life. They moved down to Texas and Gloria had already made a list of what kind of a house she would like and all the things she'd like in it. There was a woman in Texas, multimillionaire, that had already built this custom home for herself and said, you know what? I'm not going to live in it. I feel to give it to uh, Kenneth and Gloria Copeland when they were younger in ministry. Gives it to them. Says, here, I'm going to come, come see this house and give you the keys. Gloria goes through it. It's everything she checked off on her list that she told the Lord. Didn't pay one dollar. The woman sewed it into their life. Yeah, TMZ doesn't agree with it. Yeah, tough but, TMZ. But, but they can't, they, they can't, they can't deny what happened. They can't stop it. <laughs> they don't talk sure. about that. <laughs> but I'm going to tell you, making up in their mind, paid cash. Here's a man who's given away close to 30 jets. Given away 30 jets. Oh, yeah, they give him a jet. You know what I'm they saying? They gave him a jet. Yeah. Brother Copeland has given away like close to, I think he's like 28 Didn't he give Jesse to plan it? He's given a ton. Like none of them are worth less than $5 million. None of them. Some way more than that. So here's a man who's paying cash for these things. I'm not taking out a loan. We don't take loans. We lend, we don't borrow. Because the word said that. So think about it. Made up their mind to just obey the word, meditate on the word, confess the word. Look where they're living now. I mean, look what the ministry's doing. Look what's happening with them. That increase doesn't come from men. Let me tell you something. For every nut job out there, it's like, well, they manipulate people out of their money. You can't manipulate people out of that much money. No, they didn't get that much money because they've been manipulated. No, you, 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 you can't do that. I mean, like, and, and the thing about it is you start to realize, and I love how these, um, I love how these like Good Morning America, all these stupid anti-Christ agenda shows sit around. You. Uh, man of God. They make it sound like men of God are misappropriating funds, you know, just took up tithes and offerings and then decided instead of using it for the building, we're going to put it into a plane. No, not at all. In fact, they announce exactly what they're doing with the money and people willingly sow seed to make it happen for the gospel's sake. And so I just want you to understand it's that lifestyle of I believe the word, I meditate on the word, I confess the word, the word's coming to pass. The word of God affects your finances. No question about it. It affects your finances. And if people don't think it does, just look. I mean, just imagine just being a Christian, how much money you save being delivered. You don't have to buy cartons of cigarettes every week. You don't have to buy a 40 every day. You, know, you don't have to go and buy, you know, a dime bag every three hours. You know, it's like, imagine the money you save just being saved. No, but it, prosperity, healing, body, soul, spirit. I mean, Kenneth, you t- we're talking about Kenneth Copeland. He is a perfect example how if by making this word your life yep. and making this word of life your word, what it does for you. I mean, I was looking at him. He was the same age as Burt Reynolds and Burt Reynolds just passed away not long ago. But I was looking at the same age. I, I did the picture between the two. Kenneth Copeland looks amazing. He looks amazing. For his age. And what's he, like 85? Listen, he just went to Dr. Rodney's, the stand in Tampa, blazing outside. It was still summertime when he went. Preached it hard. Not, not only did he preach it hard, he started by singing a bunch of songs. He sang, then he preached, 
I mean, prayed for people. I mean, in the heat, in his 80s, never. I mean, the man's like operating like a machine, letting the word strengthen his body. Strong, 85 plus. Amazing. And, you know, Burt Reynolds was the same age and he's all decrepitated, you know what I mean? Like, because he wasn't in the word, what his life looked like. No question. This, this word will keep you young and add years to your life. You better Bible, believe it. If you, even just honoring your parents, which is a biblical <laughs> principle, right. the Bible says it'll that you'll go well live with you. and it'll, a long life and it'll go well with you. Let me go a step further since we're on inheritance. Acts 20, 32. Paul's talking to the Ephesian elders and he says to them, now I commend you to the word to God and to the word of his grace, which is able to build you up. We covered that. And to give you your inheritance amongst those that are sanctified. So there's an inheritance that comes to you. It's like going to a will reading and allowing the attorney to read the will. This is what was left to you by Aunt Hilda. She left to you the house in Nantucket. She left to you this one car and she left to you, you know, $600,000. Well, you don't have the right to take any of those things until the will reading happens. Ooh. And until you read the will and testament of Jesus Christ, you don't have the right that's to good. take the blessings. That's so and so start to understand, that's why Paul said in Acts 20, 32, now I commend you to God in the word of his grace, which is able to build you up and give you your inheritance. The inheritance comes from knowing what's in the will. And so there's people, you may know them, Maybe they never were healed or didn't believe in healing because no one ever preached healing to them. Didn't know they could be blessed because no one ever preached blessing to them. Didn't know they could be delivered because nobody ever preached deliverance to them. It was all about salvation only. Well, he'll save you from sin, but that's all that Jesus is. When he'll do all these other things, but the reason you can't receive it is because you don't know it. John 8, 32, you shall know the truth and the truth that you know will set you free. That's why it's possible to be saved and sick, saved and poor, saved and bound. Why? Because you, ha- you don't have the truth necessary to be free in that area of your life. And so it's very important. That's why we, we released our newest course in Miracle Word University is a course called Mountain Moving Faith. If you've not checked out Miracle Word University, go to MiracleWordU, the letter U, dot com. Mountain Moving Faith, I, I do a whole module on something I've never heard people talk about. It's called compartmentalized faith. And that's exactly how faith works. You can have faith in one area and not have any faith in another area. You know, it's funny you were saying that. And I was just looking at, I had Matthew 8 open for a while, uh, just by chance, right? So you have the man with the leprosy. Mm -hmm. And, you know, his response to Jesus was this, Lord, the man says, if you are willing... You can heal me and make me clean. He didn't know. He didn't know. But then you go down radio, you see the face of the Roman officer. He knew. That's exactly right. (laughs) And there's the difference. You see it in one passage. The difference. One One person didn't know. They didn't have the truth necessary. Jesus had to help them out. Roman officer knew. knew. I had truth necessary. That's the key. And so your faith can be compartmentalized. Have you received the Holy Ghost since you believed? We've not even heard whether there be any Holy Ghost. So they didn't have the Holy Ghost because they didn't know the truth about the Holy Ghost. Paul then gives them the truth. Then he lays hands on them and they're all filled with the Holy Ghost. They got the impartation after they got the truth. That's why it's life and death where you go to church. 
If you've got a pastor that won't preach the full gospel to you, you're in trouble. My God. You're in trouble. So is he. Yeah, he's in trouble. <laughs> well, he'll be judged for how he handles the word. This is a two-sided coin. You better believe it. You ju you're judged as a minister for how you handle the word and how oh, you deliver I'm the word. i very careful to make sure I get out the full gospel. That's right. You have to. And so, love you, Dana. So here's the deal. It affects your spirit, your soul, your body, your finances, gives you your inheritance. Now let me give you one that'll stir you up. You got Ezekiel 1 there. Let's go to Ezekiel 1. There's a lot of people wondering, how can I get kick-started in my purpose? What's God called me to do? I'm sorry, Ezekiel 2. Ezekiel chapter 2. Yep. Listen to this. Is that the New Living? What do you have? Yeah, that's the NLT. Uh, read um, verses 1 and 2. It says, Stand up, son of man, said the voice. I want to speak with you. The Spirit came into me as, as he spoke, and he set me on my feet. I listened carefully to his words. Son of man, he said, I am sending you to the nation of Israel, a rebellious nation that has rebelled against me. They Stop and their right ancestors. There. Listen, because now he's getting his instructions. But, but check, check verses 1 and 2 because it's so important. And he said to me, son of man, stand on your feet and I will speak with you. Now, verse 2 is key. This is what? Number 6, Ezekiel 2.2. 2. As he spoke to me, the spirit entered into me. And what? Set me upon my feet. So the word of God, when it comes to you, the spirit enters into you. And what does it do? Sets you on your feet. What does that mean? Establishes you in your purpose. There's people that flounder in their, they, they flounder in their purpose. They don't know the word. They don't know the word. And they flounder. They're always, well, I don't know. The spirit enters into you when you ingest the word. And it sets you upon your feet. And I heard him speaking to me. People always say, oh, brother, I just don't know. Guy can't hear the voice of the Lord. He's not speaking to me. How much of the word are you reading? Because if you're not reading the word, you're listen, his voice. if you won't read the written words, how are you going to hear the spoken words? Oh, my. I ask people all the time. If you refuse to hear his written word, why would he ever give you his spoken word? I always say it like this. If you know how God spoke, you will know when he speaks. That's a very good way to say it. <laughs> Put that in the comments. If you know how God spoke, you'll know how God speaks and when God speaks. Yeah, yeah hear him when he speaks. Because why? First of all, you're familiar with his voice. From the written word. Right, and he's the same yesterday, today, and forever. That'll still be his voice as he's speaking to you now. Yeah. That's powerful. If you know how God spoke. You'll know when God speaks. Powerful. My father had like little sayings and phrases and stuff like that, you know. So if I heard it, I know where it would come from. Right. You know what I'm saying? You identified the personality. I, I, the personality, mm -hmm. the phraseology. Mm -hmm. All of it, context, the, the, just my father had little funny sayings. That's how my grandfather was. You know, he always had all those little things that came up. But see, the thing is, I love how you said that. When you hear it, you can immediately identify the personality that released it. Because yeah. all that, I know who says that. That's, no, but I can, I can even in my mind, like your father, yeah. he says things all the time. You and know what says I mean? it in a certain way. If you way. want the gift. Right, you got to sit under it. You got to sit under the gift. Right. And so, I mean, where does that come from? So if... if if I heard someone say that, I can identify that right. as, as knowing where it has come from. The source. 
if someone whispered that in my ear from behind me, yeah. and I didn't know who was behind me, right. I could tell who it was by what they said. Exactly. Well, here, here's the other thing, too. Christians get all messed up because they don't read the word, and then some kind of a fad shoots through the body of Christ. I mean, one of the biggest fads, you know, over the last 10 years, I've seen several people, you know, Christians get all enamored with things like the book of Enoch. You know, we got to read, the lost, one of the lost books of the Bible has a bunch of great stuff on the end times, great stuff on the angels, you know. And, and I'm not joking. Christians throughout the body of Christ going through the book of Enoch. It's not in here for a reason. Right. Well, then, but they'll say, well, it's a lost book. It should have been in there, but it wasn't. But if you know the word, you'll go through the book of Enoch and you'll see things that contradict the word. And then you'll realize if that's contradicting scripture, that can't be God. Because God's not going to contradict himself. Yeah. You know, none of these 66 books contradict each other. And so if I, you know, these fads, then they get all weird. Christians get all bet weird and they're all out there because they got caught up in a fad that they're sucked <laughs> into because they don't know the written word. And, and you can't see if this is our measuring stick, right? That's how I know if somebody prophesies to me yeah. and it's not something that agrees it's with the word. I don't believe it. I don't receive no. it. You know, I don't care how much you scream in my face. Don't despise prophesying. I'd measure every prophecy by the yardstick of the word. Yeah, it could be a prophet lie. And many times it is. Yeah. And I don't, it's like a lady came up to my dad last year and she said. A testimony. Brother, Brother Shuttlesworth, the Lord shows me that you're going to drown this summer. Oh, jeez. He said, sister, I'm not. I don't even get in the pool. She said, you're not? How do you know? He said, because I can swim. <laughs> <laughs> I mean. You understand, even, remember this, and this, so, this, is a so good, <laughs> this is a good thing to remember when it comes to prophecy, if you know the word. Even in the old covenant, God is so rich in mercy. If all you have is one of these guys that's prophesying doom and gloom all the time, look into the Bible, even in the Old Testament, even when prophets would prophesy a heavy word, what was always tied in there? But if you'll repent, if you'll turn, then God will do what? He'll spare you. He'll help you. Yeah. He'll bring you out. Even when Jonah, Jonah was ticked off That's it. to have to go to Nineveh. Oh, yeah. He, he wanted those people destroyed. He wanted them destroyed. And God said, no, you're going to go tell them that if they'll repent, I'll, I'll spare them. Yeah. I don't want them spared. Yeah. Kill every last one of them. Ran. You know, and then he gets there, preaches the word God wants him to preach, leaves the city and still ticked off. Yeah. Sits there outside watching the city, Curse see if God will still, yeah. still destroy him. Yeah. <laughs> and so you, you think about it. God, what was the, even from the most doom and gloom, he wanted them dead. But what was the word God had him give? But if you'll repent, if you'll repent. So all these guys that all they do is just prophesy doom and gloom with no hope at the end of the help of God. That's not from the Lord. God doesn't do that. He corrects you so that you'll turn so he can bless you because God's desire is to bless you. It's not to curse you. It's not to hurt you or destroy you. I, I, I feel like that, that's the final step and could be actually not the final step. It's the first step into getting strong in your spirit, man, is to repent. And that's simply just turning to around turn, yep. you know, from your failure to read, from your failure to pray and go back and get back into your first love. You know yep. what I mean? I love when, uh, like I've heard youth pastors and pastors that don't, can't do math. And they're like, man, we had people come to the altar today, I tell you their lives, they made a total 360. I was like, 
You realize that's all the way around. They're back where they started. <laughs> they started in sin. They prayed the prayer, and they're yeah. right back in sin again. It's a 180. Anyway, that was just a pet peeve. But <laughs> it's true. To repent, to turn and actively go the other direction. Actively go the other direction. Well, God's not going to, you know, okay, go to uh, Gospel of John chapter 14. Because this is, this is absolutely true. This is going to blow a lot of people's minds on the broadcast. You know, we're just sitting here and we're talking you how to get, I'm getting stronger (laughs) right now. Yeah. Just by getting into this word. Amen. And I feel, man, I feel like running. Run. I'm not going to run. Okay. John 14, 21. I just said I feel like it. You can can jump up and do a dance if you want to. (laughs) Hallelujah. Um, Now here's, here's something that'll blow your mind. The. Yeah, look at Lynn Ann. She said, even Ahab found mercy at one point and humbled himself. Yeah, you know, Nineveh didn't stay in a place of God's blessing. They were destroyed, you know, a few decades later. You know, it's like, but God still gave them a chance knowing they wouldn't stay in repentance. He wanted to help them. John 14, 21 will blow people's minds because, you know, <clears throat> people think God loves everybody the same. He doesn't. He clearly doesn't. It's in the Bible. He does not. Uh, His action of love for everybody was the same, sending Jesus. But after that, God not only does not love everybody the same, he's not required to love everybody the same. John 14, 21 is the words of Jesus, and it proves that very point. Listen to this. Whoever has my commandments and keeps them, it is he who loves me. And then he who loves me will be loved by my father and I will love him and I will manifest myself to him. So look at this. The only people that truly love the Lord are those who obey his commands. And the only ones that God then manifests himself to and loves are those those who obey his commands. Not everybody, those who obey it. So understand without, I believe this is number seven now, the number seven blessing of ingesting the word is that it gives you access to his commands and instructions. And when you obey them, look at this qualifies you for the manifestations of Christ. Not everybody's qualified for the manifestations of Christ. Only those who obey his word. Oh, hallelujah. Listen, everybody's invited to the, to the party and the banquet in heaven. That's it. But not everybody's coming. Come on. Not everybody's coming. Not everybody's coming. You know, it's an interesting thought. What did Paul say in 1 Corinthians 15? How many people did Jesus show his resurrected body to at one time? 500, over 500. Those were his followers. What did he say to his followers? Tarry in Jerusalem until you be with, and do with power from on high to get filled with the Holy Ghost. How many of the 500 actually showed up? 120. You know, that shows you even then, not all of his followers were obeying his commands. Where were the other 380 who were supposed to be receiving the Holy Ghost on the day of Pentecost? Doing 360s. Yeah. <laughs> a 360 turnaround. I mean, you see what I'm saying? Where were they? Everybody's invited to the banquet. Not everybody's coming. Not everybody's coming. Not everybody's coming. And understand this. The word of God itself carries its own supernatural blessings on your life. The more you ingest it, the more these things take off in your life. Your spirit gets strong. Your soul gets strong. Your flesh gets strong. Your finances get strong. Your inheritance is coming. 
Your purpose is coming. Your manifestations from Christ are coming. Hallelujah. That's seven right there. You know, I can tell when I'm when I'm getting weak Mm -hmm. and it's just a matter of just going back and getting strong. That's exactly it. You know, exactly it. You know, focus light is way more powerful than diffuse light. And so in in discipline, you have to discipline yourself if you're going to get strong. No question. Look at this. Proverbs 21. Here's what happens to a follower of God if they don't walk in the word. You can be a follower of God and still have the results of a sinner in your life. I like what, was that you? I think that was you that says, uh, God is the only one that'll let you. Fire you and let you keep on working. Keep on working. (laughs) You know, you can be that person. You know, I think of it this way. Think of this, guys, those of you that are on, those listening on the podcast. Jesus raised Lazarus from the dead in John 11. But when he came out of the grave alive, he was still wrapped in grave clothes. That's it. It's not right and for stumped. a living person to be wrapped in grave clothes. That's why Jesus was not done when he said, Lazarus, come forth. He said, loose him yeah. and let him go. Meaning there are Christians that are alive unto Christ, bound. still bound with things. Loose him, that's, let him go. It's not right to be bound as a Christian. That's it. They're not strong enough to break. So you've got to break it through the word. got to break it. Look, look what, so you can be a follower of God and still have the results of a sinner. My God. Bound addictions. Yeah. All these other things. Relationships. And then they start getting mad at him like it's his yep. fault. But look, here's the reason why they are, the, they are the way they are. Verse 16 of Proverbs 21. One who wanders from the way of understanding will rest in the assembly of the dead. How's it say it in the, in the, new, in the new living? The person who strays from common sense. Yeah. Will do what? And? And will end up in the company of the dead. That's it. What is wisdom? What is common sense? The word of God. That's the beginning. of The fear of the Lord is the beginning of wisdom. Common sense, if you want to get strong in your spirit, man, you have to exercise your spirit, man. So how insane is that, that Christians who neglect the word will remain or rest in the congregation of the dead? That's like you leaving this broadcast, drive in your car, go to the nearest graveyard, go out there and just lay down in the grass. Don't eat, don't go to work, don't pay your bills, just go lay in a graveyard. You are not dead, but you're resting in the congregation of the dead. Come on, man. Listen to what I'm saying to you. Those who wander from the way of understanding will rest or remain in the congregation of the dead. I can be alive and lay in with the dead. I'm in the same area they are, got the tombstones all around me. I can lay like still like they're laying. And if I lay there long enough, I'll start rotting. Like when Jonathan puts it, you can't put God first and finish last. That's exactly it. If, 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 you, if, you, put, if you think you're putting God first and you're finishing last, you're not, a problem. Putting, you're not yeah. putting him first. You've got to examine yourself. You, you know, uh, you know with, with some of them students last night, mm-hmm. you know, you're saying that it's a good question. It's also a very revealing question. It is. It's a very, re- I don't have to know. I don't have to ask somebody how to get strong in my spirit, man, right. because I know right. how to get strong in my and spirit. And, you know, I understand people are all at different levels of maturity. People are learning. People are, are, are growing in the things of God. Uh, and, and so I'm, I, don't, I, I actually ap- uh, applaud them because, see, it shows that they've got a hunger to go higher. 
And the Bible says in Matthew 5, 6, blessed are they which do hunger and thirst after righteousness. They'll be filled. So I, I fully expect those men to be filled with the desire uh, that they have for God, with the, those good things to fill them. That, but th- as we finish the end, I want to think about this. We've told about the blessings. What should, our, what should it look like for us, you know, on, on a daily? You know, what should it look like? What kind of goals? See, because here's the thing. If you don't set the goals, as he was saying at the beginning of the broadcast, if you don't have goals to actually get into the word of God, you'll never actually do it. So what should that look like? I mean, what should our daily look like? One of the things that I encourage people to do, because it doesn't take a ton of time, what if you set your goal for yourself to read the New Testament every month? You say, man, that sounds like a lot. It's not a lot. Did you know that if you only read nine chapters of the Bible a day, nine, that's less than it takes to watch a Netflix show episode. Nine chapters of the New Testament, that's the New Testament every month. Can you imagine if you, what would your spirit man look like if you read the New Testament 12 times this oh, year? Oh man, you, 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 would, you would know how to feed your spirit man. You know, Brother Hagin read the New Testament over 250 times and he said in portions of it, much more than that. Read the New Testament over 250 times. Think of that. That's amazing. I mean, if we're doing the math of doing it 12 times a year, reading the New Testament every month, 12 times a year, over 10 years is 120 times. That's 20 years. That's like 22 years of doing that. I, I love just getting in, into a book and just like camping there. Oh, yeah, I do that. I'll go down through, read it through commentaries, read it through the translator's notes, oh. read it through Dake's notes. I'll go through all of it. I love that. Sometimes what I'll do on a flight, I just did this recently, I'll find like a shorter prophetic book, like Jonah, Obadiah, yeah. something like that, Nahum, and I'll go in it, I'll read it in like four translations, because there's only like three chapters. I'll read it in like four translations, then I'll pop the sidebar open yeah. and, and read the commentaries on each verse, read the translator's notes on each verse, yeah. Dake's notes on each right. verse, and just really get into just that book. And see, like, what is it saying? What, when was get it written? Get the strongs out there. Yeah. Look at the, the, the root words. And, yeah, oh, no, yeah, that's no so doubt. powerful. And it, and it opens your eyes. And we've done, listen, if you want to go deeper on this, go to miracleword.com forward slash study. I've given you like five videos on how to study the Bible. We tell you the resources we use. We tell you the tools we use. We walk you through. We give you a reading plan. We do all that. It's right there for you on one page. Miracleword.com forward slash study study. But, you know, what should it look like? It doesn't always have to look the same. No, because it's going to be different for each person. Maybe it's topical some days. Yeah. You want study on faith. Maybe it's a book. As long as you're getting in this book and you're letting this book get in you, you're going to get strong. That's right. You know? Right. There's going to be a strength. You're going to see something. You're going to hear something. You're going to sense something. You're going to know something. God's going to reveal something. No doubt. And I love, I love what my uncle uh, evangelist Tiff Shuttlesworth said this one time. I would apply this wisdom to your Bible reading. This is what he said. He said, it's hard to hit a target you can't see, but it's impossible to hit a target you don't have. Hard to hit a target you can't see, but impossible to hit a target you don't have. And so you must have a target. That's what I tell people. You better have a target. So what's, what's today's target for your Bible reading? That's why Joel Stockstill and I are working right now to put something together for you guys for the new year. We're going to go through the whole Bible, the entire Bible in 2021, the beginning of the year. Not, we're not doing it at the end. We're not doing a full year, 12 months to do it. 
we're going to either do it in a month or we're going to, for some of you, we're leading you through in three months. And that's how we're going to do it. We're going to go through the entire Bible because there are, there are preachers now they're telling us that leave seminary that are becoming pastors that have never read the Bible through one time, not once from cover to cover. (laughs) So we're going to take you through not over 12 months at the max three months at the minimum one month. And we're going to have the reading plan for you. We're going to give everything to you. I'm going to say this on my best John Maxwell. Know your subject. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> That's exactly it. And so we want to encourage you. But here's the deal. Have a target. What's your target today? Set your target for the month. What am I going to do in the month of October now that we're in it? What am I going to do this month? Am I going to read the New Testament this month? If I am, that's nine chapters a day. Am I going to do a study on faith this month? That means I'm going to go into BibleGateway.com, type the word faith, and let, the, let the, all the verses that have the word faith in it come up and print them all off or download them to my laptop, tablet, you know, phone, whatever, and do a study on every single verse in the Bible that uses the word faith. Topical study. Man, we're all over the place. We're Matthew 4. We're, you know, Hebrews 4. Yeah. You know, Ezekiel 2. I mean, we, we, we are breaking this word open today. I, I like Sissy's um, question on YouTube. Does translations matter? I believe they do. You know, if you're going to do doctrinal study of the word of God, what we believe, the orthodox doctrine of the church, I always try to use a, a word-for-word translation, something like the NASB, the New King James, the ESV. But also, I like using the New Living Translation uh, as I'm just doing devotions. Sometimes I'm reading through the Old Testament. Man, it makes it like a novel. It's amazing. But it's a smooth read. It's a smooth read. It's written at a fifth grade reading level. It's very easy to read in public. That's why it was written. Yeah, I like preaching out of this. Yep. You can read long passages of scripture and it's easy to flow through them. Um, so it, it depends on how you're doing it. But Julie said, I'm going to do the nine chapters a day. I, I, I agree. It's a great way to get, get started. It, Julie. Go through the New Testament. Get it in your spirit. Julie's in it to win it here. I've I been, feel it. I've been checking out some of her comment sections here. So she's... Uh, but Student. do something that you can do. You know, I don't ever, listen, and this, I know this rubs people the wrong way because for 400 years it was our standard, but I never encourage people ever to read the King James Version of the Bible, ever. Because the average person in America cannot understand the King James. And if you don't understand what you're reading, the Bible says in Mark chapter four, the thief comes immediately and steals the revelation of God's word from your spirit. That's what Jesus said. Those who hear and don't understand what they hear, the thief comes immediately and steals it from them. Jesus made it very easy for people. Very easy. Told stories. Told, yeah, parable. I mean, parables. I mean, it was, so I always encourage people, metaphors. if you can't understand the Bible translation you're reading, you're reading the wrong one. You know, we don't even talk like that anymore in the King James Version. We don't even speak the King's English. So... You know, find a, a translation. The ESV, in my opinion, uh, is the one that I suggest that people read because it's, it's faithful to the original language and it's easy to understand. The NASB, if you're a little bit more, want to go a little deeper? NASB, the New American Standard, is actually even more uh, literal in many passages. It's just written at a higher grade reading level. I think it's like written at the 12th. Or very 11th tough grade. to preach out of that, though. Yeah, it's a little wooden in the translation, but the ESV is very easy to preach out of, very easy to read. It's written at an 8th grade reading level. It's, it's very faithful to the Greek and Hebrew and Aramaic texts. It's got way more texts available that they translated from, 
whereas the King James only had seven manuscripts. So, I mean, there's, there's far more things that we have in the ESV uh, thanks to archaeology in that 400-year period of time. But get something you can understand, something that you can ingest and know what it's saying, and uh, it, it, it'll help you immensely. But do, here's the key, do something. Say, so, well, today I, didn't, I don't have time to do the nine chapters today. First of all, you do. You have to make the time. It's funny, people have time for what they want to have time for. If they want to have time to binge four episodes of Stranger Things, they do it. They do it. You can cut things out of your life to read the Bible. If not, wake up earlier. Set your alarm 45 minutes earlier. First thing out of bed, read the word. But I say this, something is better than nothing. Don't say, well, I didn't have time to do the nine chapters today, so I didn't do anything. Read five. Read four. Something is better than nothing. Get into, you know, there's all kinds of things that you could do. Yep. There's online study Bibles. There's, I mean, there's online study groups. Audio, like there's, we said, listen. Listen to it while you drive. Whatever you got to do. Yeah. You know what I'm saying? You, you know, use your time wisely. Because this is the most important thing of your life. Having the Word of God in your spirit. Most people listen to music in the car. I listen to podcasts. That's right. I got, you know what I mean? I'm, I'm studying while I'm driving. Mm-hmm. And my, I'm ready for it every time I get in the car. You know what I mean? It's ready Something's to go. going to be coming on, and I'm going to be challenged in my mind. That's right. Don't, yeah. Julie said, if you can watch an hour of TV, you can read nine chapters. It's exactly read, I don't right. I don't watch TV anymore. Yeah. It, it's exactly true. Make an appointment with God, Linda said, and I agree. God will never miss the appointment. He'll never miss the appointment. He always meets you at your point of faith. Always. And his word builds that faith. You want to get strong? Spend a lot of time in the spiritual gym. You better believe it. And you will be extremely strong. I want to pray for those of you that are watching. Because one of the things that I feel is lacking in the body is a hunger for the word of God. We can even see it in our churches. So many churches now don't even preach. You know what they're telling young preachers now? You know, maybe have one verse of scripture and then tell stories and use, you know, illustrations and it's not heavy in the word, it's heavy in natural things. They're telling us that as young preachers. You know, maybe do a half of a verse or a verse, but then just be story heavy, illustration heavy. The word is what changes people. It's the word that changes people. Um, and so I want to pray for those of you that are watching that God would give you a massive hunger for his word. A massive hunger for his word. Father, in the mighty name of Jesus, I pray right now yes, for every person watching this broadcast or Hallelujah. listening on the podcast that right now, today, that you would put inside of us a massive hunger to read your word, to listen to your word, to hear preaching on your word. Give us a hunger. Let us become voracious readers of the word of God. Let us go deep. Open the eyes of our understanding. Let, the, let, our, uh, let our hearts be enlightened. Hallelujah. Let us know the glorious hope of your calling. I pray in Jesus' name we'll see things we've never seen before. A spirit of wisdom and revelation come on every man and woman. Let them see things in the word they've never seen before. Let it build them up. I pray that their spirit would be strengthened. I pray that the joy and rejoicing will fill their soul. Heal their bodies as they read. Let their finances be changed as they read. Let their relationships be changed as they read. Establish them in their purpose and in their calling in Jesus' name. Give them their inheritance. 
by the power of God. We thank you that fresh bread is coming to us today from the word of the almighty God. Let us be encouraged, strengthened, built up in Jesus' wonderful name. And Lord, let us be those that will discipline ourselves to read the mighty word of God daily. We thank you for it. We give you praise for it in the wonderful name of Jesus Christ. If you believe that, throw some fire in the comments section today. Let me know you believe it. Shout aloud, amen, wherever you're at. Even if you're in a cubicle at work, shout aloud, amen, and scare the heck out of the person next to you. But don't wake the baby up in the sound booth. That's right. Don't wake the baby up in the sound booth. Uh, but if you believe it, throw some fire up. Love you, Ben. Listen, we're, I want to encourage you to stand with us, man. We're getting ready to go on television to preach this word around the world. It's blowing my mind, the doors that are opening. And uh, I'm getting ready to go home. And here in the last months of this year, we're, putting, we're producing all these broadcasts that are going to hit the nations. Hit the nations, man. Three continents, 80 plus million homes in phase one. God's doing it. And so we want to encourage you to stand with us in partnership. And many of you are already doing that. And you can see the information on your screen. You can always go to miracleword.com and you can sow a seed from the website. You can set up your monthly seed recurring every month on the website. You can give by Cash App, Venmo, PayPal. The information's on your screen. Also, if you're in Facebook or Periscope, you can always sow a seed by using hashtag donate in the comments section. If you'd like to mail a check, our address is on every page of our website at the footer. Very bottom, you find the mailing address. And we say a big thank you. For this month of October, we want to send you a gift. Those that are partnering at $85 or more, it's Lester Summerall's story on how he got in the ministry and followed Howard Carter and Smith Wigglesworth and God used him. It's called Adventuring with Christ. One of the best books I've ever read. Uh, Dr. Summerall was such an amazing man of God, yeah. an apostle, and God used him so mightily. It's amazing. His stories are amazing, and this book will change your life and build your faith. So that's my gift to you, everybody that's standing with us this month, Adventuring with Christ. I'm so excited, man. Tonight, we're coming back. We're here in Fitchburg, Mass. all week till Friday night. And um, tonight, my father's going to be preaching again. Powerful move of the Holy Ghost last night. Tonight at 7 p.m., we're going to be live on Facebook, YouTube, Periscope. Don't miss this service. Listen to me. If there's any way, uh, I, I would say the website, Bethany, if you would do miracleword.com. She's asking, what's the best way to give? Which method gives your ministry the greatest cut. They don't take fees out of it, things like that. I would say the website, uh, if you just go on and set it up as a reoccurring seed, that's the best way. But last night, powerful service. Tonight, my father's gonna be ministering again, 7 p.m. Listen, if there's any way for you to get to Fitchburg, Massachusetts over the next few days, tomorrow, Friday, tonight, 7 p.m., these are powerful there, services. There, there's a seven-minute clip of what happened last night. There's a woman that had uh, an accident and her spine, she broke her back and she couldn't bend over and God touched and healed her back completely uh, last night. And then uh, even inserted a brand new gallbladder. Wow. God's given you a new gallbladder. <laughs> she goes, I don't have a gallbladder. And he's like, exactly. <laughs> That's right. That's why God's giving you a new one. Exactly. These are, I'm telling you, if you need a touch from God. That's why he's giving you a new one. <laughs> let, me, let me just say this. 
That's what I didn't say. It's replacing God. it. It's giving you a new one. It's not healing your gallbladder. It's giving you a new one. Um, listen to the wording. Um, Words matter. But you know what blows my mind, Pastor Brian? And I, and I want to say this. I'm not trying to say this as a, a rebuke or heavy. I'm just making an observation. It's crazy to me. You got all these pastors in New England talking about how bad they want revival. How bad God want, they want God to touch their city, their state, their whatever. And we're having a, a mighty revival right here in Fitchburg, Massachusetts. And there's people that won't even drive an hour and a half, two hours to be in the move of God. It's like, don't tell me you want to see God move. We've got a man standing here in the sanctuary that flew here from Montana. You've got people that won't drive from Vermont, won't drive from Maine. Well, I won't go to touch New England. They won't even drive a few hours to a revival. Don't tell me you're hungry for God to move in your region and you won't even be a part of the revival he is uh, loosing in your region. We have people driving in from Vermont. We have people driving in from other places. But I'd like to see more people be involved because here's the deal. I've flown all over the place to get to uh, get course. the fire started and again of going. course. West Virginia. Blows my Pennsylvania. Mind. It's like you're right Florida. across the border. You got people in New Hampshire, people in Vermont, people in Rhode Island, you got people in Maine, you got people in Connecticut. It's get in your car. Well, well, brother, we're hungry for revival. We're just waiting. I look at it, Jessica and Joseph Arnold. They were here last night. And they're about what? Hour Jessica, what would you guys be? An hour and forty five away, what would you say? Probably two hours. Two hours away. They're willing to drive. They passed Back and us. forth. Yeah, they drove here and drove home. That's four hours round trip. That's hunger. I commend them for doing that. You know, people say, oh, we want God to move in our region. Well, get in your car and be a part of what he is doing. Yeah, you know what, though? They, they, they sowed a seed last year. They came down last year. Yeah. And then this year, your father went up and did, uh, did some service, did yeah. service for them up there and had people come out and got, so now the thing's kindling and firing. Exactly. You know, God's going to be breaking out in Vermont now. It's just a matter of time. You watch and see. Exactly. You know what I mean? You know, don't despise the days of small beginnings. That's exactly, you know what makes me laugh? It's like when you're a pastor, I'm not, but when I was associate helping my uncle, who is the pastor, uh, we'd have people step up in church and come up to us after the service. You need to be doing this kind of a thing in your church. How come there's, where's the, uh, Couples ministry. We're, how come you don't have an old folks ministry? And it's like, okay, all these people that are requesting new stuff, you're not even involved with the stuff we do now. It's like, bro, you don't even come to what we do now. It's like, why would we start something new for you? You don't even do this what we do have. Yeah. That's how people are. We want God to move. You're not even in this revival now. Yeah, they're inward it's focused, like, not outward focused. Well, I'm just waiting for God to shake New England. He's doing it. There's <laughs> no... Well, I'm waiting for it to come to my church. You're not even hungry enough to come to where it is happening. <laughs> you see what I mean? It's like, dude, get just, in your we're car. We're praying. We're waiting on God. God's waiting on you. His wife just commented, he missed my immigration appointment because we're believing for revival. Your wife's commenting, telling on you, Pastor Jordan. <laughs> and thank God Pastor Jordan's wife is now a citizen. She, yeah. she can vote and everything else. Yeah. But it, it's amazing, you know. I want to see God shake New England, but it's going to take hunger. Yeah. That's why John G. Lake said, he said, if I could impart one thing to the whole body of Christ, wouldn't be miracles, wouldn't be the gifts of the Spirit. He said, you know what it would be? Spiritual hunger. Yeah. Imagine that. The reason people don't want revivals, they, they don't want to lose control. Well, it goes against their watch. Yeah, and, you know, <laughs> they, don't want, they don't want the mess from the message. Mean old Mr. Watch. <laughs> Got to get going. You know, it's after 8.45. I'll take a revival seven. mess any day over anything else. Please.
This whole church has been built on the power oh, of revival. Oh, my goodness. You're blowing up in New England when they said you couldn't blow up. Yeah, we Because of the power of God. Yeah. Yeah, now God's destroying what was trying to destroy us. That's right. That's exactly right. So I'm encouraging you, man. Look at that. Jessica said, drove eight hours to go to one yeah, service. Eight Get hours. hungry. Eight hours. Get hungry. Eight hours. Yeah, I know it, Norman. And so I'm, I'm excited. God's moving. We're right here in Fitchburg, Massachusetts. Get in a car, get on a plane, be a part of this move of the Holy Ghost. God's touching people. We're having some of the best crowds. The Sunday night crowd was like a Friday night crowd. It was a f- full house. No, yeah, that's what, what's taken us a whole week to do. Yeah. God's done in one day. One day. One day. And acceleration. So, I mean, that's acceleration. So that's, that's if, imagine what next year is going to be I'm, look like. I'm telling you. You know, all, all if, that happens if God will, will take us a whole month, right. God can do in one day. And then what take us a whole year, right. God can do in one day. That's what I'm saying. And so this thing is, this thing is moving. Mm-hmm. We want to see you. And we want to see you as a part of it. We want to see it moving in your cities and in your towns, but it takes a little spark. That's right. To start a great fire. That's exactly right. We love you, man. Thank you for hanging with us today. Uh, tonight, 7 o'clock, don't miss the broadcast. Get here in person. And we'll be back again tomorrow morning, 10.30 a.m. I think Carolyn's going to be with me in the morning. And maybe even, what's today, Wednesday? Yeah. Maybe even Friday. We'll see. But uh, I'm glad she's coming and she flies in today. I'm going to get her in a couple of hours from the airport. My girls are coming. It's going to be great. We love you. Thank you, my friend. I love you. Great man of God. Have a great one. We'll see you again tonight. God bless you. Now that's the stuff leaders should be made of.